Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're back with Chuck Swirsky on 670 The Score. And it's 2.04 a.m. Central Time in the great city of Chicago. This is 50,000 watts, clear channel, booming in the 38 states and half of Canada. Right here on 670 The Score. Chuck Swirsky with you talking Bears, talking about the National Football League. And we got Tyler Butterball and Tyler Faringal. We got a lot of Tylers going around. And um, Tyler, let me ask you a question because your your twin brother, uh, not related to your mother, but have have you seen the other Tyler lately? Because we deal with you quite a bit on uh, Bulls basketball. Uh, I have seen him quite a bit. There's been plenty of times where we're doing Cubs games together. We're doing we're doing something together. So absolutely, we've uh, we've crossed paths a ton. All right. So you so you put together this show, and we have a lot of audio, and we're going to go to the uh, phone lines in a moment at 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. You heard these cuts. We're going to go with DJ Moore in a moment, right? So I mean, when you listen to these, the, the athletes talk and the coaches talk, what do you get out of it? I just want to hear what their honest thoughts are, right? Like, obviously, they're disappointed. They're not going to say everything that's on, or, on their mind, but I, I like the I like hearing straight from them, like, right after the fact, because, like like I said, it's, it's raw, it's genuine, and it's straight up what's on their minds. Yeah, I'm really upset that we just got destroyed by our better rival. Yeah, I'm so happy that we just won, and... and I genuinely do like hearing it come straight from them right after the game. All right. Well, let's go now to uh, DJ Moore meeting with reporters after the game. Guys, going forward, is that something as a captain, as a veteran, you have to work on ensuring doesn't happen? Oh, yeah, for sure. Don't nobody want to lose a home opener, especially against an in-conference opponent. You know, uh, this game was hyped up. We didn't bring the juice and hype. To the party today, we lost, and we just got to go back to the drawing board, go on to Tampa uh, this week. Are you surprised you didn't see more action? I mean, you have two nice catches around the one mm-hmm. guy, but not targeting the guy? Uh, nah, I, I mean, it's football. It, you know, at the end of the day, the defense was kind of pushed over to me, so uh, it was hard to see me. Uh, and I know I understand that, and we just got to learn from it and build on. Yeah, when there is so much build up more. to a game like this, mm-hmm. and it obviously doesn't go the way you guys want it, how do you shake it off? Uh, just going back. Uh, what I just I just said it to somebody. Uh, we just gotta go back, look at the film. You know, look at the things we could have did better on, and 
the things that we know we didn't do well on, we just got to hone in on them and uh, just fix it. DJ, what did you see on? What did you guys see on the hit that Fields took from Jair Alexander early game? Whether that whole scrimmage? Uh, I don't know. They they say he was inbounds. I don't know. So when I see my quarterback go down, uh, I'm over there. Then that's all I seen. So whenever you go down, I'm over there. We getting him up at uh, any cost. Did you see correctly that as you were walking away, Jair put his elbow or his shoulder into you, and then that's what continued? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, you know, people like that, this guy give him credit for that, you know. Uh, he did that, and whatever happened after it happened to him because he did that. So that's all I got to say. DJ, you guys were able to get some guys open mm -hmm. in the Packers secondary, but at yeah. times Justin didn't have enough time to survey the field. How much of an issue was that in terms of stopping your passing? Uh, no. I mean, it stops it, but at the same time, we just, we know we got to move a little faster. Uh, to help out the, uh, everybody that's like whatever whatever's called, we just got to do it faster on the outside. Uh, starting with me, you know, got to get open faster, and then it's going to be a trickle down effect. Thanks, guys. Okay, so that is uh, DJ Moore, and DJ is going to join Mully and Hall at 8 o'clock this morning, right here on 670 The Score. Again, holding Cruz with uh, Mully and Hall coming up at 7. You got Brad Biggs with Mully and Hall at 9. Anthony Heron with Bernstein and Holmes at 11. And then uh, Dan Weeder with Bernstein and Holmes at noon. You got Mark Grody with Parkinson Spiegel's at 4. Jalen Johnson with Parkinson Spiegel at 5. And speaking of Jalen Johnson, he too met with reporters after the game. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we got to get back to the drawing board. I think we came out and we weren't who we thought we were, and we got to go back and continue to get better, um, go back, look at the film, see where those mistakes were, see where we can improve and keep going. What do you say you're not? I mean, I feel like we, we preach executing. We compete, competing at a high level, um, and I think we could have did that a, a little better tonight. And I just think we left a lot of plays out there on offense and on defense. We didn't play a complete game like we know we can. Y'all got these kind of close. You said what? Why? Why, Why what? Why you guys I don't know. We go out each and every practice, and we practice hard. We come out here with a good game plan. We believe in each other. We believe in the system, and it didn't work out today. So we got to go back and see where we can improve at. Cole said he thought there was a lack of focus at times throughout the game. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah, I would say so. I think it was some mental errors. I think a lot of on the offensive side and the defensive side. So I think it's nothing about the physical or anything like that. Just being, like you said, locked in mentally and focused. Why does it Oh, I mean, shit, we human. I feel like at the end of the day, there's times where you guys aren't locked in. Every time you mess, miss something or don't do the do your job all the way right 100% of the time, and I think that's just what it is. I think people lose sight that we're humans, too. We're going to mess up, and it's our first game, too. So, I mean, it is what it is. We've got to keep going, keep getting better. All right, so that is uh, Jalen Johnson talking about what happened today as far as what happens. He said, hey, we're human. It happens to us. Well, I'm sorry. That, that's a cop-out answer, to be quite candid with you. Yeah, it does happen to us, but this is the NFL opener. This is the Bears and the Packers, and you've got to be mentally sharp each and every play. This is your livelihood. I'm sorry, period. But again, Jalen Johnson, Parkinson Spiegel at 5 o'clock. All right, uh, we're going to go to the phone lines at 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. And again, we are live on the air right here on 670 The Score and then Mullion Hall, 5 o'clock right here for more. 
Bears conversation. Tom, welcome. 670 the score. Let's talk Bears. What did you take out of the ball game Sunday against Green Bay? Oh, Chuck, what a pleasure to talk to you, man. I, I tell you, I, I woke up and I said, let me see if the score doing any feedback. And I'm hearing... I'm hearing the Bulls are now, now sitting down going, wow. Well, anyway. <laughs> You're probably saying, are you talking Zach Levine as a whiteout? No, so anyway. You, you, you know, some Chuck, you, you are a man full of stories that I've listened to over the years. And one story you told that relates to this Bears game that I, I remember Fields talking about over the summer was practicing and having his receivers down in Florida, wherever they were at, practicing yes and you and you told a story one time about a certain guard out in out in golden state there that you watched grow up yes practicing those three throws you know who i'm talking about yes steph curry that's right and and that's you know something if you if you watch some of the, the throws that fields was making his accuracy is there what was missing was time and you and you look at that one play where Jordan Love had where he, yeah, I think it was a shotgun play, he fumbled the ball, he was still able to pick it up, and, and had the right of mind to throw it to, to where he almost had a touchdown with that throw. Now, Actually, I thought that hit, kid was going to drop the ball. Or not, I thought he was going <laughs> to stumble trying to get to the ball. But he caught exactly. the ball, and then his momentum took him to the turf. And, of course, he didn't score. Um, but nonetheless, Love had the presence of mind. And that was a busted play. That guy was wide right. open. Right. And, th- and think about this. Now, if Fields had that same play, would he, ha- would he have had the time with that offensive line that was out there to, to, to regroup and throw the ball downfield? No. I don't think so. Well, I mean, and, how many busted listen- plays do the Bears have today defensively? I mean, remember <laughs> in the first quarter? When there was a broken play, and in fact, Eddie Jackson was looking around saying what happened because Love overshot his receiver. Had that ball been Mm -hmm. thrown directly near him, that would have been a touchdown for Green Bay. Exactly, exactly. And and the thing that's missing, and you kind of heard it in Fields in that one clip that you just played, uh, you know, nobody wants to throw their team under the bus. No, I get that. Not after the first game. But you could clearly hear him say, when somebody asked him about why so many lateral throws, and he, and he was just saying that they were designed plays. Yes. But they, they were, uh, but they were busted plays because the blocking scheme didn't hold up. And, and that was the glaring thing about that, about that game, is that the blocking scheme on the offense and the defense just wasn't in play. And, and, and that was what was missing. He just didn't have time. It to set his feet and actually make an actual throw. And and the thing that's kind of glaring too, Chuck, is the is is the imagination. There was no I mean, there was no time for imagination to uh, to to vision an actual play getting off because Green Bay was just teeing off and we didn't have a response. I mean, you know, you you, you I don't know if you caught any college games this weekend. If you look at the passion of that Colorado coach, and you know who I'm talking about, Coach Prime. We didn't have that on our sideline. We, we didn't. We didn't have guys that looked like they wanted to bust through a wall for our coach. And in that offensive line, I mean, you know, Green Bay is tough. We know they're tough, 
but we just was not ready. At least we didn't look ready to me. Well, you and, and, and I, speaking of the line, because I know Bra- uh, Braxton Jones had a horrible game, and, I mean, he had four penalties. Uh, but I, I've got to look. Speaking of looking at the tape, we just had Matt Eberflus say, you know, i got to look at the tape, i got to look at the tape, i yeah, got to look at the three tape. Times, I, yeah. I, yeah, in 10 <laughs> seconds when he was talking about fields. I've got to look at the tape, though, and, and find out how uh, Darnell Wright did, you know, the uh, mm-hmm. their first-round pick out of Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Well, it was looking like a, well, what used to be a, a Marshall Fields revolving door on State Street there, the way that, the way uh, Fields, I mean, because Fields had, what, four, there was four sacks of them? Or yes, six, four. I think. Four. Four. I mean, you know, it's, it, you know, it, it's, it's the first game, and I think Eva Flutes will do the right thing and tighten up, tighten up where it needs to be tightened up, and we can really gauge the second game with All right. Tampa Bay. Good enough. Listen, I appreciate the call, and thank you for waking up I'm to the score. To, oh, man, what a pleasure to wake up to you, and, uh, and good luck with Bill, and let's hope the Bulls uh, can provide some uh, offense as well as defense. <laughs> <laughs> I like you. Thank you. 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. Again, um, Olin Krutz at 70, Jay Moore at 8, Brad Biggs coming up at 9, all with Mully and Haw. You're listening to a Plumber's 911 Football Monday, Bears Monday, Football Monday, presented by Busey Bank, and it's not a game, Illinois.com. And we appreciate all of our great sponsors that have put together a great platform for the fans and for all of our hosts at 670 The Score to talk Bears football. Can we go to Derek and then uh, Tyler will do a uh, little roundtable, right, with uh, Patrick and Ole and uh, Molly? Can we do that? All right, let's uh, go to Derek. Derek, welcome, 670 The Score. Where are you calling from? I'm in the beautiful state of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, but the game is pretty ugly today, so... Um, actually, I took a nap after the game, and now I'm awake listening to you guys. So You took a nap? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm big in the naps. I, I like my naps on the road uh, with the Bulls. But uh, today, I you know, I was so disheartened that I couldn't eat, I couldn't take a nap, and I was just so frustrated. I mean, I'm just a fan, okay? I'm not, a, I'm not exactly. an expert. I'm just a fan. That's why I'm on this show. I'm a fan. But as a fan, it was exactly. it was deplorable. You know, I grew up watching the Bears. I remember the Mike Dicker days, the um, you know the '80s era, even the early '90s era. This team has no passion, and it starts from leadership. It starts from leadership from the coaching staff, which is completely lame duck. Like the other guy said, you look at the passion with like uh, Deion Sanders. Rather than sitting around nonchalant, this is a rivalry, okay? This is a rivalry. If you don't care, the fans care. At least do it for them. To start off, this defense is horrible. The scheming sucks. It's called the no cover two for a reason. Why don't you blitz? If you have a fresh quarterback back there starting his first game, you put pressure on him. You make him uncomfortable. How many times did I hear Greg Olson say he has all day in the pocket, all day in the pocket, all day in the pocket, all day in the pocket? Okay, so it goes off scheming. Offensive-wise, that, hor- that game plan was horrific. You don't throw screen pass after screen pass after screen pass. Like, even when you're down 20 points, that's on the coaching staff. Also, I heard something earlier saying that, 
you know, this coaching staff isn't under pressure. And this is why everyone's so nonchalant. If I go to work and don't do my job, right, they're going to put the light on me and say, hey, we can get somebody else in here who could do that, right? So I think this coaching staff, if the season continues and if it's horrific, we might need to take another look at, at this coaching staff and even polls included. Because this is just getting out of hand, and it doesn't well, look like a repeat of last year. Well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to that degree. I don't think the coaching staff is in trouble. I think if they have a bad year, do I think the fire is definitely going to be lit? Absolutely. Do I think he's in jeopardy of losing his job? No. No, the no, same no thing I, did, with the I GM. didn't say that. That's 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 not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is. You have to put a little fire under the light. We can't sit back here and let this go. No, for that three, I agree with. Years, Listen, right? I, I I get that, but but again, I, and I'm not making excuses because I, I I what happened today was horrendous. It was bad. It was horrible. It was not 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 good. Period. But it's one game, so let's see what happens in Tampa. Let's see what happens in week three. There are a ton well, well, of... And, and when I mean coaching staff, I mean, like, this defensive coordinator, we can't keep having this. No, it, no, it's unacceptable. Well, again, it, it all started actually because of the line play. Defensive line play, offensive line play, very subpar, and they were outcoached. But you still have to blitz. You have to blitz. You do not sit back there and have seven-man coverage and you're not getting pressure. You have to make an adjustment to blitz. All right. Well, I appreciate it, and enjoy the uh, rest of your day in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Thank you. Be safe. You do the same. Thank, Thank you. you. Absolutely. All 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. In a moment, we're going to come back, and we're going to hear a little post-game roundtable with uh, Mully and Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley on their uh, Bears post-game segment that you heard on 670 The Score because it was some great, great stuff as they broke down this game right here with the Bears losing in Chicago to the Green Bay Packers, their ninth straight loss to Green Bay. This is not a great Green Bay team. They're young. They're in a transition period, and they manhandled the Chicago Bears today, and that's not good. I'm sorry. All right, let's take a break. Back with more in a moment. It's uh, 2.20 a.m. We're on the air right here until 5 a.m. Then Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back with Chuck Swirsky on 670 The Score. And welcome back. Tyler Ferengel producing our program this morning right here on 670 The Score. Bears football, you gotta love it, although you don't have to love the outcome. Love the ball game, but you got to love the fact that this show is here for you. And we're taking it live until 5 a.m. Then Mully and Haw right here on 670 The Score as the Green Bay Packers had their way beating the Chicago Bears Sunday afternoon. It was a glorious day for football at Soldier Field in the final Green Bay 38 and the Bears 20. Now, after the football game, of course, right here on 670 The Score, the Bears postgame live with reaction and segments featuring Mully and Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley. So let's go to what they had to say as they broke down this game. Oh, help, help, help. It is the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamordu and Mully needs some Tully after watching that, guys. Holy gosh, that was just that, was that the worst case scenario? Is that is that what we just saw today with these Bears? It, it, it was for me, Molly. Um, you know, I, I tweeted out there that the 23 Bears looks a lot like the 22 Bears, and wow. you were hoping for some improvement, and it almost looked like they got worse uh, uh, all the way across the board. It was just it was depressing as it went along. Uh, you know, the first half was 10 to six, so you had a little bit of you know, a hope about it, but you knew Green Bay was was kind of hurting themselves by not getting Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones into the game. They come out in the second half, they make adjustments, and they blow us out of the water. And the Bears didn't make any adjustments all game, so it just it felt a lot like 2022. And it's, I know, I, I know you read Twitter and you, I get texts all during the game. And it's just a very disappointed fan base, and that's the same way I feel right now. Olin, would you have joined in the bo- the booing if you had been there? Boo! It's terrible. Uh oh, I think I think he's uh his, his his line is out. No, I think it's just him. I think he's just gutted <laughs> by the whole thing. <laughs> uh, I just got, I just got the message that told me to unmute myself. That's how rattled I am <laughs> after watching. Um, what, what what was was pretty bad. It was disgusting. You're hoping it was going to be better uh, going into this year. The Bears are really bad last year. But, but it hit me while I was watching the game. And sure, uh, uh, did I like the quarterback sneak? Hell no. Did I like the fact that they don't get a pass rush? Hell no. Do I like the fact that the O-line's getting beat uh, up the middle most of the game and there's pressure on the quarterback? No, not at all. But, but it's time now, I think, personally, for uh, Kevin Warren, uh, the one who's in charge of Hallisau, to walk into Pose's office and tell him, look, I know we're rebuilding, but it's time to stop saying that we're not there yet. It's time to stop saying that we're only 70% there yet. We have more years. We have to rebuild these things because they have to change the culture at that building. They have to start yeah. trying to tell these guys that, look, we have to win games now. You guys have to play better. You guys have to play with a sense of urgency like the young running back Johnson when he runs the ball. He's playing with a sense of urgency, trying to run guys over, getting after the Packers. I just don't see that a lot from the Chicago Bears. But, look, Manly, you played. If you are a player – and you hear this from the media, the general manager saying, look, you know, guys, we're just trying to rebuild this thing. We're not there yet. I don't know. We're not really all the way where we want to be. We have a few more pieces to add. I don't know how you go on the field 
and give everything you got when that is the feeling in the building. Uh, hey, Olin, I'm 100% with that, man. That's that's the culture. Uh, you need to sell your team every week that you can win. And it is kind of sad that they're they're stating the obvious, but you don't want to state mm-hmm. that in the locker room. You don't want to share mm-hmm. that with your teammates. You, 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 I remember when Lovey got there, we weren't great, but he kept telling us we, we're going to be good. We are good. We can win these games. We can win every game. Um, and that's, that's true. It's a culture that needs to be set in there. And I think right now they're making excuses for them. And it, it's mm-hmm. been long enough, but that is one thing you don't want to hear in the locker room. You don't mm-hmm. want to go out there saying we're hoping we're going to win. You know, that quote that showed up about Poles saying that, that's a bunch of bull. Mm-hmm. You want your team to believe they can go out there and win. And maybe that's seeping in on them. You know, it showed at the end mm-hmm. of the game. Greg Olson's ripping them. Like, why aren't they hustling up the line and giving it all they got just to see if you can score points and maybe get some more possessions and maybe win? To me, that was a team that just quit at the end and said, well, we got our butts kicked. Let's move on. But that's not kind of the culture or the attitude I would like to see the Bears play with. I think the worst part of it, and there were a lot of – there, I'd be hard-pressed to find something good that happened, frankly. But the worst part was it that it was that I felt that Jordan Love was efficient and and did a pretty decent job and kind of stayed within himself. They didn't ask him to do anything that he couldn't do, but they had him prepared to do the things that he needed to do. And and mm-hmm. you're absolutely right, Olin. They you know Aaron Jones was just killing them, and I don't know why they waited as long as they did before getting back to him. But, man, when the second half started and they started getting him the ball, the game was over. Yeah, you knew it. You knew it when they started running the ball again and Coach LaFleur was probably at halftime trying to tell somebody behind closed doors that Aaron Rodgers was checking out of plays again to take some of the pressure off himself. But, look, he was he was calling. <laughs> he wasn't – why wouldn't you give the ball to Aaron Jones, who at the time was averaging five yards a carry? You could see it. The Packers' offensive line was, was dominating the Bears' front and you were waiting for uh, Coach Williams and Coach Flues to go to some kind of man coverage, some kind of more aggressive scheme, because you knew if they just played their front, uh, they couldn't stop what the Packers were trying to do. And I, I remember uh, it was third. Remember in third and three when the Packers receiver jumped off sides? Uh, I thought that was the worst thing that happened because they were in man and they were ready to be aggressive on defense on that down. And the guy jumped off sides, and it was third and eight, and they went back to zone. And they immediately got the first down because there was no pressure on Love. Uh, this is going to be a problem, I think, all year. Where are they going to find uh, their pass rush from? We talked about in the pregame show, the defensive line coach, Travis Smith, he's got a big job. He's got to develop these young D linemen. He's got to get somebody who can get after that quarterback. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I'm just, I feel like they got out coached too. You know, you talk about LaFleur going at halftime, making adjustments, realizing I'm not getting the ball to Aaron Jones. And what you said about the Bears, why aren't they, the front four was not getting there at all. There was zero pressure. That's one reason why Jordan Love, Love looked the way he did. He could just sit back there and pick them apart. Dial something up, confuse them a little bit more. If you put all your money and all your resources in your defensive backfield, shouldn't you rely on them a little bit more? Maybe they can play a little bit more, man, or be a little bit more stressed if you bring an extra defender to, after the quarterback. And then also O-line wise, I just – Darnell Wright to me looked like he struggled quite a bit, especially against Rashawn Gary. Why why isn't he getting help? You know, last year Braxton mm-hmm. Jones got help as a rookie. Why aren't you helping this young man out this year? And, oh, and you're right. I mean, obviously you're right about the, the interior of the O-line got beat up too. Nate Davis looked like he did not practice at all during the preseason the way he played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see that the games that like we talked about in pregame gave them problems, right? The, the mm-hmm. D-line stunts, the TEs, the ETs. Uh, those stunts gave that offensive line a lot of problem because they didn't work together. 
So they don't really have a, a rhythm on how to pass those off, how to slam off the guy who's penetrating the D-line who goes first on the stunt and the other guy loops around. They struggled with that all game. Now the Packers do have, like we talked about, a lot of first-round picks on that defensive line. I thought the Bears, you could tell the Packers were getting on their edge early when they were trying to run their zone and outside zone scheme. I thought they should have went to a gap scheme a little earlier. They did in the second half and had some success with it. And maybe with this offensive line with big guys like Wright, like Davis, maybe that's that's what they have to do against teams like the Packers because they were struggling trying to get that zone game going. Um, early in the game, I think it was the Bears' first possession, they had a third and uh, one play at the 40, and they had mm-hmm. Cole Komet go in motion and then jump under center and try to run a QB sneak, a tight end sneak, and got nowhere. And, and what was extraordinary about it was – Everyone on the Packers saw it. I mean, everybody is watching it, and they immediately just squeeze in, and that play fails. And then you come back, and you decide, well, now we'll just have uh, we'll have Justin Fields run a QB sneak. What I I did not understand. First of all, I I thought that 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 the play with Komet was terrible. I, I just I don't care how big a guy he is. I think they invited everyone to understand that it was third and one and they were running short yardage. And I think that the Packers have better players up front than the Bears do. And I, I just thought it was dumb. But then to come back mm-hmm. with it on fourth down, it's just, it, it just showed like a lack of imagination. I, I just didn't, I didn't like that. I like mano a mano, but in that mm-hmm. situation – why not try something a little bit different? Why not do – what was the point of those two plays which failed? And, again, if they don't fail, maybe I'm an admirer of them. Yeah, you know, when I watch the Bears play, immediately I think, why doesn't Johnson get the ball? Why isn't he your short yardage back after I watch him play? They, they see him more than me. Why don't I just give him the ball with the aggression and violence that he runs with? Now, I think the first time we've seen that tight end sneak was from – Andy Reid, right? And Andy Reid ran it with Kelsey, who was a quarterback. But as a center, immediately, I'm thinking, Pat, like, what does that exchange feel like when someone yeah. new is all of a sudden under center? Now I have to almost hand this guy the ball, and I don't want mm. him to come off the ball as hard as I can because I don't know if he's going to fumble it or not, right? Mm. Uh, because that snap has to be fast, and I got to explode out of my stance to get pad under pad and move guys off the ball to get the first down. So, like Mully is saying, I, I don't understand it. I mean, uh, you got a huge first-round right tackle. You gave Nate Davis a little bit of money. Uh, let's run right behind them. Let's run right behind yeah. them with Johnson, the young running back, and let's see if we can get it. Yeah, I get Coach you know, saying, I'm going to be aggressive. He's trying to preach that to the guys and say we're going to go for it. But if that's the best that they schemed all week after evaluating the, the Packers' defense and evaluating your own O-line, like you said, Molly, you're going against Bears' weakness against their strength, and they're five down front in that situation with a head-up nose, I believe, in that situation that – that, to me, is not the best play call. Either one of them is not the best play call. Like you said, give it to your your power running back, scheme something up outside or or a little bit different with the – just that th- those two plays, to me, just did not make sense that they sat there all week and said, all right, man, if we get in the third or fourth and one situation or third and one situation, this is our first play against this team. I just – I didn't I didn't agree with that. Mm-hmm. They, I, it's um... almost like wait wait till we get our two first-round picks to fix all – to fix everything, right? Wait till <laughs> yeah, next right. year. Wait we till got next two first-round picks, and, and we'll fix every, all our problems. And this was what we talked about in the pregame show, Molly, when we said yeah. 
did you do enough with the offensive line for us to really look, take a look at Justin Fields? What if Justin Fields is standing in Green Bay's pocket today? What if he has that kind of time? What kind of player is he? Well, you know, he, he faced a ton of pressure in that game. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't know what his final numbers were, but I know they weren't impressive. And I know that, you know, when you throw a pick, that is going to hurt your passer rating. That's just how they designed the thing. But mm-hmm. I, I just didn't feel like they used him in a very – like, is that – do they want him to be a game manager? Is that what they're looking for? What what exactly is their offense, and what were they trying to do? Yeah, I, I, I don't I, – I, go ahead, Pat. I, I, I don't know. I just – it didn't look – you know, you spend a whole offseason evaluating your quarterback, trying to build an offense for him now and trying to – to make him move into a, a better passer. And it just didn't look like they've, they, they found out the way to do it. It just, you know, obviously with the pressure up front, it didn't help, but it just did not look like all the off season game planning, the game plan for the, uh, the Packers, like it worked. Like they just didn't seem like they knew what they were doing. It just didn't seem comfortable for anybody out there. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I was hoping they would move the pocket a lot more than they yeah. did. I, I remember one in the first half when Braxton Jones pulled out, uh, to seal the edge for for Justin Fields, and he got out of pocket. I think even Greg Olson mentioned, like, the Bears need to do that more on first down. They need to do that more on 50-50 downs. Imagine that, Greg wanting to pass the ball on first down. But, you know, <laughs> the Bears, you were hoping that, like Mully is saying, uh, you know, zone reads where, where the, the, the defense has to account for Justin Fields keeping the ball there, where he the defenders are worried about him keeping the ball out there on the edge, which opens – Holes for the Bears running backs, but it just looked like it was the most of the plan was to go on the center, try to run that outside zone, and then put him in the pocket. Um, I, I did, I didn't. Obviously, it didn't work out. Uh, when you watched it, it was disappointing. It, it, their shortcomings were kind of where they, you thought they would be on the two lines, right? You thought the defensive line uh, was overmatched, and you thought the offensive line was overmatched. And we talked about in the pregame, um, there's not enough assets put in those two groups. And I think that showed up today, and that is where a lot of the Packers' assets are. I, I I watched the game, and I tried to come up with where are the Bears better than Green Bay. And, and I don't think this Green Bay team is phenomenal, and obviously they were missing their best receiver. And I, I just – I was struggling to find somewhere. I guess – you know, Braxton Jones is probably the best holder among all the offensive mm-hmm. linemen in that game. How many times did that guy get caught holding? Was it three? Mm-hmm. Yeah, too many. Too many. And then they had, they had their pre-snap penalties also, right? So they oh, just yeah. looked yeah. out of sync, right? Back they looked out of Maggie. sync. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was just um, – and, like, we talked about, uh, the. you know, we know that the NFL is constantly changing, Pat, early on. We're old school and – we think you got to get your work and you got to get work in preseason. You see all these guys taking games off, but um, everybody seems to be doing that now, but it shows up, right? It shows up that, mm-hmm. that you haven't worked together, that you're not used to a certain cadence. And it's just, even though you're not in a preseason game, you have to then be practicing and putting yourself under a lot of pressure in practice, right? Where people are screaming and the coaches are getting on you. And there's, there's just a lot of tempo and a lot of pressure. So guys get used to, that kind of tempo and that kind of pressure before they hit week one. I, I read yeah, a thing. It, it, yeah, I was just going to say. I read even, a, go go ahead, ahead. Go ahead, Molly. No, go ahead. No, I was Sorry. just saying, even, even they didn't even practice. You know what I mean? Like, well, when you're talking about how important yeah. that stuff is, okay, game refs are great. 
But practice is is almost as important, and that none of those guys are practicing together because of injuries, moving guys around. The same with the D line, working on their stunts and games as well. So they just didn't get the reps. It just felt very, you know, just it, it didn't seem in sync on both of those sides. And it, a lot to me, like you were talking about, all one has to go back to not uh, practicing together, not getting your reps together, and then not getting your game reps together, your preseason game reps together. I, I was going to say I read a thing um, about uh, Brian Dable with the Giants that in order to prepare uh, the quarterback for the season, he gave all of their plays to the defense, and he wanted the defense to know the plays as they were called. So so his quarterback was just under duress and, and was fighting like hell and couldn't figure out why no plays were working. Well, he had, he had loaded the deck against him so that once the season started, he knew he was going to be in bad situations. I, I, I just think there's different ways of going about it, and it's, it's kind of strange that the Bears didn't seem they, – they looked like a team that had just gotten a bunch of new guys and got out on the field and kind of introduced them. They, didn't, they had no continuity to what they were doing. There was no sort of – I just – I really felt let down by the performance because it seemed unprepared. Yeah, you know, a lot of times unprepared, uh, not physical, uh, not violent enough, not enough sense of urgency, right? And, and a lot of times uh, uh, there's games like that, but it's just this is the opening game. Um, this is the Green Bay Packers. It's the first game that Aaron Rodgers isn't there. Uh, there's just so much disappointment in this game, and I'm sure the Bears knew. Uh, they knew how the, the city, they knew how everybody was going to feel about if they lost this game, uh, how everybody's going to respond to this. And it just didn't seem like – they realized how important of a game it was to show that you are moving in the right direction, that you are taking steps to get better, that guys on this team are, are about to take the next step to become really good, if not great players. Now, uh, there were guys out there like Tremaine Edmonds who made some big plays, yeah. right? There were guys mm -hmm. who were watching. Uh, you know, DJ Moore made a catch. Uh, Phil still looks dangerous when he runs around and runs the ball. We talked about the running back, Johnson. Uh, there were guys out there who looked like they were competing and fighting hard. It's just they were overmatched today. They were overmatched when you watch that game and when you're looking at reasons why. For me, it just keeps coming back to the fact that whenever I hear people talking about the Chicago Bears, I mean people, I mean the higher-ups at Hallis Hall, whenever I hear them talking about where they are, well, they're not there yet, right? How do you know you're not there yet? You haven't even played yeah. week one, right? Like, how, how do you know that? Oh, hey, Olin, they were right. <laughs> yeah, they were. They were right. But if you say things enough, they become true. Right, right. right. You, yeah. 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 Self-fulfilling prophecy. You, yeah, yeah you, you can convince your team that they aren't good, right? Like, whenever I hear the announcer say, well, we talked to Ryan Poles, and he said they're only about 75% there. I just – it makes my skin crawl, Pat. I, I, yeah. I don't know – that is true. Like, we all – we can all see that. We all know that. We all know you need more alignment. We know you need a pass rusher. We know what you need out there. But, but when I keep hearing them say that, I, I start to think to myself, well, what does the team think? What does the team think of itself? All right, there you go. And that is a conversation, post-game coverage you heard yesterday following the uh, Bears' embarrassing loss, and that's the only way to describe it to the Green Bay Packers with Mully, Ole, and Patrick Madley. And again, Mully and Hall coming up at 5 o'clock uh, this morning right here. On 670, the score. We have all the games, scores, details, you name it. We're going to get to it. We'll also hear from Matt Eberflus and his press conference. We do have lines open. If you want to text us, maybe you're just coming off a shift. Maybe you're headed for a shift. 
Maybe you're just coming back from a weekend. Whatever the case may be, 312-644-6767. Now, right now, we have a 50,000-watt signal, and we are just booming into every place in North America. And we invite you as well, 312-644-6767. You can also text us. This Chuck Swirsky. Tyler Farringol is our producer. And now let's listen to the head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. Okay. Um, yeah, so obviously just got out the locker room uh, with the players. Uh, very disappointed. Um, everybody in the locker room is disappointed uh, in that outcome. And, uh, you know, so we're... You know, looking at the game itself, you know, the first half uh, did some good things in the first half. You know, obviously the uh, going for it on the on the third down, uh, you know, Cole ended up fumbling that snap on the first sneak, and then we decided it was still inches, so we decided to go for that one. And uh, that's a high high percentage of making that. You know, so we just got to execute better in that moment. Um, you know, and then the defense uh, did a good job getting them to third and fifteen. They had three third downs to get off the field, and there we didn't get that done. That's why they scored on the first one. Um, but uh, then I thought the defense came back and did a really nice job of going some three and outs. Uh, they did three and out, three and out, I think six and out. And uh, overall, the defense, I thought, did a nice job of playing the run. It was a big emphasis for us uh, during the course uh, of the year. And I think they ended up at 2.9 average, which is, which is really good. So that's something to take away from the game. Um, you know, but uh, to go back to the game, you know, obviously the penalties. You know, we, have, we put ourselves behind. Um, on offense a, a bunch of times, and I think that's why the third downs were not as what they expected to be. And uh, we got to get that cleaned up because that's that's something you can improve on your you know by being disciplined and, and not having those penalties. You know, um, so you know last year we were third in the league in, in penalties. You know, so we can definitely clean that up. That's the premier running back. Um, so those are big plays for those guys. And um, you know, so overall, you know, I think it's uh, it's a learning experience for us. There's a lot of football to play. I told the guys, and uh, uh, we have to get back to work tomorrow. Uh, look at the corrections, and and see where we go from here. Looking at the mistakes and the penalties and just the score, if somebody came out of this saying the Bears just weren't ready to play today, would you agree with that? Uh, I wouldn't agree with that. No, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, the first half we were we were we were pretty good. You know, in terms of being ready to play, um, you know, so the the onset of that was good. We did, I don't think we came out in the second half. Uh, and they executed better than we did. And, uh, again, the third downs was a big piece of that today. Um, some of it's because of penalties. And then execution, we got to get off the field on third down. What was the thought process behind the commit play, putting him under center in a series that had been going well up at that point, but that was a, a gimmicky play at that, at that point in the game? Yeah, we had done that uh, before. We ran a couple of plays. Uh, we've done that with him a few times, uh, had a couple of plays off of that. So that's worked for us uh, before. And uh, we just had a different motion, a different shift there, uh, and put him behind there. So there's some of those all the guys getting wide open, like Jones on the, on the backward screen, and then the tight end wide open down the field. Like, what happened on those plays? Yeah, so the the, the throwback screen, uh, that one, the first one to come out of the second half, uh, that's we got to do a really good job of, of boxing that with the corner, and then we need the pursuit inside out. We had some guys there. I think I saw a couple guys miss a tackle or two. Um, I think I may, he might have outran a couple guys. I got to look at the tape, but that's what I first saw on that one. Um, you know, the one that uh, happened late to the tight end, um, that was a fumbled snap, and that was a hideout play. So the tight end blocks like this, and then hides out, and then goes up the numbers. And the guys took their eyes onto the quarterback, and we got to stay back in coverage. We got to do a better job there. Um, yeah. 
are they a lot different offensively now with Love than Rodgers? Uh, I would say uh, no. I would say they're they're similar. They're very similar. I would not say different. What do you think of Love today? I mean, he was on, like you said on third down. He really seemed to kind of capitalize on those plays. Yeah, I thought I thought uh, you know for the you know. For the most part, I think he did well. You know, he did well today, and obviously they executed on third down, and uh, my hat's off to him. Did you know on, on the first drive, open drop the game, did you decide before third down that you would go forward and forth if you didn't get it? Yeah, if it was inches. It was the green light on inches. So it was third and inches, and it was fourth and inches, the green light. What did you like better about the two sneaks more so than the conventional run on either of those plays? Um, inches converts at, you know, a sneak you know, converts at a high rate on inches. You know, that's what, that's what you know, just by percentage. So that's why we liked it. What was your assessment of Justin's play today? I'll have to look at the tape. You know, I have to look at the tape. You know, there's a lot of things that go into it. Um, so I want to look at the tape and dive into it before I make any comments on that. You, he had counted for maybe I looked at one point. He was counted from basically 95 percent of your yards, either through the run or the pass. Mm-hmm. Are you worried? Did he just not get enough support from the other guys today in any way? Would you say? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, I got to look at the tape. You know, you know, to to make a big statement like that, you know, is is would be, uh, you know, not right for me to say that without watching the tape. So we'll look at it. We're going to make the corrections. You know, we'll we'll see where it is. You know, with with everything on offense and defense. And, you know, we'll, we'll go through it with uh, you know an evaluation process and how we can get better um, as an offense, defense, and kicking, and then each guy. So that's what we do. Would how lucky today went make you reevaluate how to approach preseason in terms of getting your starters more snaps together in the offensive line, especially? Yeah, I, I, it would definitely. Uh, you know, obviously, you think about that as a head coach, but we you know with the injuries that we did have uh, sustained uh, during training camp, it would be hard to put all the guys in there together um, for sure. Uh, so we always evaluate that every single year. With how this game ended, um, is there something that you're most eager to correct? moving forward is there something that kind of outweighs something else right now yeah just play just the basics of football you know we're you know with the eliminate the penalties that's going to help us out a lot you know protect the football that's going to help us out a lot you know take the football away that's going to give us short fields and give us opportunities and we've done that really well in practice you know both sides you know so um you know i plan on seeing that in the future you know and, and going forward like i said this is the first game this hurts you know this is a division opponent um, all the guys in there are, are, you know, sick to their stomachs, and you know, all the coaches, everybody, and it's not, not something that you like. Uh, but we also know it's the first game, and we got to get better. You know, we have to improve, and uh, it's this is a week to week, and we have to. Once this gets over, we got to get to tomorrow, and we got to start moving our eyes forward and uh, move to Tampa Bay. I was going to say, what, are those your emotions? Like, are you mad? Or what are, how do you feel after a game like this? There's so much hype going into the season. I really thought this would be a close game. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, to play this game, you have to have passion and you have to have emotion. So yeah, yeah, this hurts. You know, it's a, it's an emotional thing, and you got to have passion to do it the right way. And uh, we'll take away the good things we did um, out there today, and we'll correct the ones we, we need to improve on. Thanks, guys. All right, all right. That is the uh, head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus. And uh, again, we have complete coverage of Bears football right here on six seventy. The score. Chuck Swirsky along with Tyler Farringle. We got Mully and Hall joining us at uh, 5 o'clock. We got the Bears pregame show at 5.30. Plenty of Bears coverage right here. Ole Kroots, 7 o'clock with Mully and Hall. DJ Moore at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., Brad Biggs. And then throughout the day, 
not only with Bernstein and Holmes, Anthony Heron, Dan Weider, you got Mark Brody with Parkinson Spiegel, Jalen Johnson with Parkinson Spiegel, talking about the Bears losing to the Packers 38 to 20. The Bears have lost nine straight to Green Bay. And Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong. Can we look this up? Have the Bears lost now? They've lost, what, 11 straight uh, over a two-season span. And not only that, I think they've lost 10 in a row to NFC North teams. So, I mean, they got to get this thing together here. Yeah, so their last victory was against the Patriots on Monday Night Football, and then they they lost the rest of the games last year, 10 in a row, you're right. And then this one would make it 11 in a row. And, yeah, they have... They have not won a game against an NFC North opponent in a very long time. The 2021 season, to be exact, against, I believe it was the Lions. I think they last beat the Lions. Yeah, I think the Lions on Thanksgiving Day was the last NFC or the last time they beat an NFC North opponent in 2021. Hmm. Well, anyway, we, we're going to go to the phone lines. Thank you for that information, Tyler. You're a walking encyclopedia. 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767. Jordan Love was fantastic, and again, he played with so much poise, but he had time to throw the football. How many sacks today or yesterday by the Chicago Bears? One, one sack. They got thoroughly manhandled on both sides of the football, offensive line, defensive line, and they have a lot to clean up getting ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Next Sunday, the Buccaneers on the road beat Minnesota. So, again, not a great Tampa team, but not a very good Minnesota team. This division, I'm telling you right now, if the Bears get their act together, and there's a lot of football, I mean, we played one game, so I'm not taking the, you know, throwing them under the bus, but let me tell you something. This division is up for grabs period. But uh, take nothing away from the Green Bay Packers. They got it done today. And uh, the thing that really bothers me is not only with the lack of, you know, consistency, they had no consistency, but the fact that DJ Moore, who's going to join Mullion Hall, and and I'm sure they're going to address this with DJ because after the game, he met with reporters. Do we have this clip where he's talking about the juice? The, The team didn't have the juice today. And if we can play that, Tyler, I think it speaks volumes. Because I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. This is the NFL opener. This is Bears and Packers, okay? We're not talking like you know the, the Bears playing the Atlanta Falcons. We're talking about the Bears and the Green Bay Packers. We're talking about a divisional game. We're talking about like, okay, Jordan Love, you've been waiting and you waited. You waited three years. This is your baby. I want to bring the heat to Jordan Love. I want to put him in the microwave and see, you know, what he's got here. Light him up early. But it didn't happen. And that's what disappoints me. And then afterwards, DJ Moore, who's an elite, elite wide receiver in the National Football League. We're not talking about a chump here. We're talking about a great, great player. Two catches today. The Bears never threw the ball downfield. This is DJ Moore after the game. Don't nobody want to lose a home opener, especially against a uh, in-conference opponent. You know, uh, this game was hyped up. We didn't bring the juice and hype to the party today. We lost, and we just got to go back to the drawing board, go on to Tampa uh, this week. Okay, so I, I, I realize they're not robots. On the other hand, how can you not bring the juice? How can you not feed off the hype 
all week for the last two weeks. Bears fans, the whole city is behind this franchise, and yet you come out and you play this way? It's embarrassing. It's a joke. I don't get it. I just don't get it. We're not talking game seven or game 10 or game 11 or 12 where it's the dog days of the NFL and you're beat up and you're just like emotionally and physically spent. We're talking about the opener, Tyler. We're talking about the Bears and the Packers. Am I missing something here? You're summing it up perfectly. I don't think you're missing anything. Golly, my goodness. All right, we have to take a break, right? Okay, we got to take a break. We'll come back. I want to go to the phone lines and hear from our fans. 312-644-6767 right here on 670 The Score. You want your Bears football, you get your Bears football right here on The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 